0: Welcome to Lead On, a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. My name is Jeff Orge, and I'm the president of Gateway Seminary, and it's my privilege and responsibility each week to talk with you about practical issues related to leading churches, ministry organizations, uh, Christian movements of any kind. Well, when we talk about practical issues of Christian leadership, one of the most basic is understanding the importance of God's call to the task of ministry leadership. Now, if you're listening to the program and you're already in leadership responsibility and that's who this program is primarily for, you've already settled the issue of God's call. You know that God has called you to a specific leadership responsibility and assigned you a specific leadership role and you are serving in that capacity, not just as an employee or someone who's hired on for the task but you're serving because you're called. That's an important distinctive about what it means to be in Christian leadership. But today, I don't want to talk so much about your experience of the call, as I want to talk instead about your responsibility to communicate about God's call to others so that you can do one of the most important things that's practically res- you're practically responsible to accomplish as a ministry leader, and that is ultimately replace yourself. You know every one of us is uh, getting older. And there's going to come a day when we've all passed off the scene of of leadership. Uh, our era will end, our time will be done. We'll find ourselves retired first and then in heaven someday. And when that happens, we have to leave behind a new generation of leaders who takes our place. And for that to happen, Those of us who have leadership responsibility now must issue a clear opportunity for people to hear about and respond to God's call. Now, we do that in a lot of different ways, primarily through preaching and teaching on this, particularly in places where there are teenagers and young adults who gather often and participate in programs, conferences, retreats, seminars. Places where we have the opportunity for a, an audience of younger leaders who have the potential of responding to God's call. So I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today if you are a Christian leader who has experienced God's call, to take upon yourself the responsibility of communicating with others about God's call, challenging them to consider and respond to the possibility that God might be calling them, and work hard to facilitate their response, their early development, and their, if you want to say it this way, solidifying God's call and their response uh, to it. Now, there are several reasons why this is so important. The first one is the most obvious, and that is we must help people understand about God's call because that's the way that we're going to have more leaders, and it's also the way that we're going to have future leaders. You know, God is calling out his new leaders, but he gives us the responsibility of voicing that and extending that and explaining that so that younger people can process what this means. So it's like a lot of other things. There's both God's initiative and human responsibility or agency involved in this process. The way we're going to get more leaders is certainly that God is going to call them. The way that God is going to call them is often speaking through your voice in preaching and teaching and counseling and encouraging and taking your part in this important role. Now, not only is this the way that we're going to get more leaders, it's the way we're going to get our future leaders, as I said at the beginning of the show. There's going to come a day in the not too distant future when you're going to pass off the scene. And so if we're going to have leaders ready to serve in that future environment in which you're no longer going to have the responsibility, it's going to be because in this generation, you lifted up and extended God's call. So the first reason why this is very important for you as a current leader is so that you can assure the pipeline of more leaders and future leaders who are responding to God's call and willing to live it out as you slowly pass off the scene. Now, another reason this is important is because the call gives younger people the confidence they need that they are God's person for his assignment. You know, the possibility of Christian leadership can seem like an overwhelming, a daunting responsibility. It comes to us and we think, there's no way. I can't do this. I'm not up for it. Now, you may have been leading for so long that you've forgotten those feelings when you were 15, 16, 18, 22 years old, and you were processing the possibility of God's call. You may have forgotten how overwhelming it all seemed in the moment. But younger people today still feel that sense of inadequacy, of personal uh, loss, and of a sense that they're just really not up to the challenge or the task. But God's call gives them the confidence that God has chosen them, that they are God's person for the task at hand, and that God wants them to take on a specific leadership assignment for him. You know, it gives us great confidence to know that other people uh, believe in us, want us, value us. I know that uh, I've watched this with my children and with other people that I've coached and, and, and worked with over the years. When I would show up and say, I believe in you, I know you can do this, come on, you got this, it was amazing how I would watch their confidence rise, their capacity enlarge, and their commitment deepen. They knew they could do it because someone believed in them. Well, that's just an analogy or an illustration, but I think it helps get the point across. When we know that God, in a sense, believes in us, when he calls us, when he selects us, when he puts us on his team. When he says, you're the one for the job, when he gives us an assignment, when all of that happens and we look to God and realize that he's the author, the originator, and the sustainer of who we're going to be and what we're going to do in ministry, it gives us great confidence that we can do what he wants. So the first reason to communicate God's call is because it produces more leaders and future leaders. But the second reason is because it gives confidence to younger people particularly that they really do have the capacity to find and follow what God wants them to do in response to his call, and that they are God's person for the assignment and they really can do what he's calling them to do. Now, a third reason why it's so important to communicate the concept of call is that the concept of call is what gives you the perseverance to keep going during hard times. You know, when you're thinking about ministry leadership, you really can't go into it as a career or a job. You really can't take it on just because you want a paycheck. You really have to respond to an opportunity for ministry leadership out of a sense of call, that God himself really wants you to do a certain ministry or take on a certain role or responsibility. Now, it's no news that ministry is hard. It has challenging and difficult days. No doubt about it. And when those happen, something will keep you going. And believe me, it's not going to be the money. It's not going to be the accolades from people. It's not going to be the uh, sense of personal fulfillment that you get, although that does come as well from time to time. No, it's not going to be any of that. What's going to keep you going is a sense that God has called you. I remember back when I was a church planter, you know, I would lay awake on Saturday night and I would think, well, I wonder if anyone's coming tomorrow. I mean, I'll be there. My wife will be there. I've got three children. They'll all be there. Okay, we're up to five. Then I would think, well, will anybody else come? Will anybody else care? Is anybody else going to buy into this vision? Is anyone else going to want to be a part of this church? And it was so difficult, especially in the early years, and you just wondered if it was really going to work, if it was going to survive, if you were actually going to make it. And I'll be honest, there were times when I was a church planter that I would sometimes get out the, the Sunday newspaper back in those days and open it up to the classifieds, and I would look through the jobs, and I would think, you know, if this doesn't work out for me to plant this church, if it isn't successful, I mean... Is there any other job that I could I could do? And I would look at some of those jobs and I would see the salaries offered and the prestige that came with some of the positions and some of those stable companies that were out there to work for. And I would fantasize about some of that and think, well, maybe I should just think about doing something else. You know, I mean, this church thing may not work out. This church plant may not be successful. Uh, things may not go just like I'd hoped. I, I've got to take care of my family, and maybe I need to be looking at some other alternatives. And then, like a head snapper, my, my, uh, my brain would come around to fa- face up to this new reality. Oh, wait a minute. You, you can't think that way anymore. You, you can't do any of this stuff because God called you. <laughs> God called you. To ministry leadership, and he called you to plant this church. And until that call is rescinded, and that's not going to happen, until that call is rescinded, you have to stay, no matter how hard it might seem. You know, it's the call that keeps you going during the hard times. Look, ministry is difficult, there is no getting around that. Yes. There are good days in ministry. There are exciting times. There are high points where you think, this is the greatest thing in the world that I get to be involved in ministry. And then there are those other days, days when the critics are after you, when the problems are confounding you and you just don't even know what to do, days when you don't know what to say, when you're called upon to speak or to preach or to pray or to teach and you're just like, what do I even say? Those days, those days when it's hard, the call will keep you going. And then another reason why it's important that we communicate the concept of call to people and help them understand God's call is that call gives us a sense of humility and accountability to God as our ultimate authority, as our king, as our Lord, as the one over us. Now, I said at the beginning that call gives you confidence, you're God's person, and this is sort of the other side of that coin. Call also gives you humility and accountability to God in the context of your call. You know, when you get called up to the varsity from your high school junior varsity team, you get a new accountability, a new responsibility. When you get called up from reservist duty to active duty in the military, you get that, and you get a new sense of responsibility, and you have a new accountability, a new level of what you're expected to do and accomplish. And that can be a little bit uh, prideful, if you will, or a little bit elevating of who you are. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look where I've arrived. But in the context of God's call, you take a step back from that and you realize I got here not by my own initiative, not by my own value or my own worth, but I got here because God called me. And that gives you not only that sense of confidence that you can do what God has asked you to do and elevates you and gives you a sense of fulfillment in that role and responsibility, but it simultaneously gives you a bit of humility that as you take on this new role, this new responsibility, that you also stand before God with some humility saying, yes, Lord, I know I'm here, but I'm not here because of my achievements so much as I'm here because you called me. And then finally, we have to communicate a clear concept of God's call to a coming generation of leaders because it's in their calling that they will have an appropriate authority to step forward and represent God to their generation. Now, you have to be careful here because no one of us wants to presume that we speak for God or that we are the presence of God or that we represent God. I want to be careful about that kind of language. But there is something about the God-called person that people defer to and say, you know, that's our leader. That's our pastor, our minister, our director, our president. That's our leader because God has called that person and placed them here And because of that, they have a special authority in my life. God calls and infuses us with a special authority, if you will, that comes only from knowing we're we're serving in response to and in obedience to him. So what I've tried to say so far on the show is this. We are God-called leaders. And one of our responsibilities over time is to replace ourselves. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to be instruments through which God is working to call out a new generation of leaders. And the reason that it's so important for us to communicate clearly about God's call is because it's in response to God's call that we're going to get more leaders and future leaders. It's in response to God's call that people will have the confidence that they are God's person for a certain role or assignment. It's through God's call that we have the perseverance to keep going through hard times and also have the infused humility to recognize that we are in the position, in the role, in the responsibility, achieving uh, successes and having accomplishments because God called us and put us there. And then finally, this call gives us a sense of appropriate authority that we really can say, you know, we represent God. We stand up for him. We speak on his behalf. And while we have to be careful that we don't take that too far, we do own it as a God-called person who has those kinds of roles and responsibilities. Now, as we're communicating about God's call to a coming generation, there's a little more I want to say about this. Because quite frankly, quite frankly, You look out over those 14, 15, 16, 18, 19, 22, 24-year-olds that you're ministering to that are in your youth group, in your collegiate ministry, and you look at some of them and you think, really? Really, God? I mean, is there anyone in this bunch that could be a future pastor, a future youth pastor, a future worship pastor? Is there anyone in this bunch who could direct a crisis pregnancy center? Is there anyone in this crowd who could ever be a professor? Are a teacher, you look at these young adults and young teenagers around you and you wonder, is there any one of them that really has what it takes to be a God-called ministry leader? Well, let me remind you to think back on who you were when God called you and to recognize that you may have been just as unlikely as some of the people you're looking at today in terms of who might respond to God's call and who he might choose and use going forward. A few years ago, I was preaching through the Gospel of Matthew, and I opened up to those first verses. It's a long genealogy. I think it's about the first 17 verses of the first chapter. And it outlines uh, the genealogy of Jesus. And I wanted to preach from Matthew, but I didn't really want to preach the boring part, and so I decided to skip over the genealogy. But then I thought, no, wait a second. Now, before I do that, I need to go back and make a study of this genealogical section of the book of Matthew and figure out why, why is that in our Bible? And after that study, I can tell you that that seemingly boring section of genealogical record became one of my most favorite parts of the Gospel of Matthew. When I studied the names of the people included in the genealogy of Jesus, and I discovered that those were the people that God was choosing and using to bring us the Messiah, it inspired and motivated me about the kind of people that God chooses and uses. Let me just highlight a few for you. First of all, God calls unexpected people. You know, when you read through the story, you'll find, or through 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 the genealogy, you'll find some stories of people there that really are a little unexpected in the story: prostitutes, liars, cheats, crooks. You get the idea. God called some unexpected people to do His work. You know, I sometimes feel that way about myself. I did not grow up in a Christian family, didn't grow up in a church-going family. Came to faith in Jesus when I was 13 years old at a county fair. Went into a church for the next 10 years, was discipled, shaped, mentored, and helped to process and understand God's call, and ultimately made the commitment to ministry leadership that's led me to where I am today. But when I look back on who I was, a 13-year-old boy with no background in the gospel, no connection to a church, no vital, immediate spiritual heritage in my circle of influence or in my family, when I look back on that young man, I wonder, how did God call him such an unexpected person that God would call into ministry leadership? Just remember, as you look out over the younger adults that you're working with and the teenagers that you're speaking to, that in that group, there are some unexpected people, people that you would look at and say, not much spiritual heritage, not much spiritual background, not much character development so far, not much knowledge of the Bible. There's just not much there, but God may surprise you. Because while the person may seem very unexpected to you to be the one who winds up in Christian leadership, they may be the very person that God wants in the role. Well, another part of the genealogy for me was that God also uses immoral people. Now, I need to clarify that. He uses people who were formerly (laughs) immoral. Now, the reason I emphasize this is because in the genealogy of Jesus, there's Tamar and Rahab and Bathsheba. Prostitutes, seducers, adulteresses. These women were all in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, I think they're in the story to remind us that even if people have sexual sin in their past, God can still choose to use them in his ministry leadership. In fact, I would go so far as to say that today... This may be the number one disqualifier in the minds of many young Christians because of the issue of pornography. I was talking recently to an inside uh, worker at one of the national or large international mission agencies and he said the number one disqualifier of candidates who apply to them today is habitual use of pornography. Now. The habitual use of pornography among young adults is so pervasive in our culture and even among Christians that many of them would think that they are disqualified from hearing God's call and responding to God's call because of those immoral patterns. Well, those patterns have to be broken before a person can serve in ministry leadership, but let me underscore this. God calls people who have lived immoral lifestyles who have participated in immoral acts, God calls them first in faith to Jesus Christ for salvation, and then through growth in a spiritual process called sanctification. But then ultimately, God calls some of them into ministry leadership, putting behind their past and giving them a new focus for the future. God calls, chooses, and uses formerly immoral people. Here's another one. God uses what I call anonymous people. Anonymous people. When you go through that genealogy of Jesus, there are people like Perez and Hezron and Ram that no one's ever heard of. They're not even mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, just this one time in the story. I wondered, why are they there in this story? Why are they in the genealogy? And I think it's because God wants us to know that he picks out some people that are anonymous, that no one would have ever imagined. They don't even hardly have a name or have never made a name for themselves, and God uses them in profound and dramatic ways. And then last, you know, God calls inconsistent people. There's a couple of them in the, in the story, David and Abraham. You know, David, of course, sinful with Bathsheba and all of that. Abraham, of course, lying about his wife being a sister and all the deception that went along with that. These guys were great men with real flaws, deeply inconsistent in their life, lifestyle and in their choices. But I think they're in the story for a reason, to show us that God calls inconsistent people and places them in leadership. So God calls unexpected people, the formerly immoral, anonymous people no one's ever heard of, and even inconsistent people, and then places them in ministry leadership. As ministry leaders today, we have a responsibility to call out a new generation of the called. It's our responsibility to be the voice that speaks, teaches, and preaches on this concept and challenges people to come out and accept God's call to ministry leadership. This is a part of your role. It's a practical part of what we do to assure a future generation of leaders. I challenge you to take on this responsibility as we lead on.